You're listening to the Team Check-In, powered by Team Black. <laughs> We've been going for some time, so hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Team Check-In. And once again, surprisingly, I am not alone. With me today, I have Tim Spearin, Director of Organizational and Community Impact for Gas South. So I have to do the podcasty thing. I mean, we did say exchange pleasantries before the show, but I have to do it on air as well. Tim, how have you been? <laughs> Fine, doing very well. Lots going on. Busy time of year. Uh huh. And you have one of the more interesting titles that <laughs> I've come across. So, Director yes. of Organizational and Community Impact. So, uh, can you tell our audience a bit about uh, what Gats South is and can, like what your job description actually means. Sure. Well, we are uh, Gas South, a natural gas marketer here in the United States. So uh, we work with the gas industry and in helping to provide uh, pricing and um, scheduling of gas to consumers and uh, whether they be commercial or residential customers. Mm -hmm. And uh, my specific function at the company is working on learning, leadership development, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and community mm -hmm. affairs, social giving. So uh, all of that really impacts employee engagement, our commitments to our communities, mm -hmm. uh, and providing people with the tools that they need at the company to be successful. So that's kind of uh, the umbrella that we have. That, that, that's awesome. And so uh, what do you think is the role of uh, community outreach and all these incredible projects that you do in the world of HR today? How important are they? Well, a lot of times community outreach is not a part of HR uh -huh. uh, because HR traditionally is focusing inward on the employees uh -huh. and in the company itself. But we do have that together here at Gas mm -hmm. South with HR. And there is a great connection because we promote volunteerism heavily and we give five percent of our proceeds back uh to char uh, charities that um, focus mainly on helping children in need so our commitment to our community is very similar to our commitment to our employees where we're investing time and money and energy and resources into the mm -hmm. engagement of um, all of those with whom we interact and work be them internal mm -hmm. or external so there are a lot of crossovers, actually. People might not think that at first, but the community affairs world is one that does have a lot of synergy with employee engagement or engagement in general and uh, development. Yeah, and yeah, right now you can't like, even though everything feels a bit separated, right? There is no way of separating the community from like the internal workings of the organization, especially now, especially when everything is way too interconnected and uh there was this book i was reading the other week uh called the ambergris cycle by jeff vandermeer uh, great book weird book but uh there was a passage in there where it said like everyone no matter who they are and where they are they're connected to each other by these golden strings so yeah i mean everything is truly interconnected and yeah community outreach while it may not like be associated with hr in general it, it's really awesome that you guys have uh, everything so interconnected. And yep. uh, you mentioned employee engagement. Yep. And 
that is uh, part of the reason we know each other, right? Uh, I work for a company called Team Fleck, and if you're listening to the podcast, you already know it. And Tim, you guys are using our product, Team Fleck. So, and we have this beautiful success story we've done. It's on the web page. It's already live. It's amazing. But uh, can you tell me a bit about how you're keeping employees engaged, especially from a distance? Because that's part of that's part of how you're using TeamFlect. And it is while this topic has been done to death, right? Employee engagement for remote employees, no matter this has been done to death. But there are still so many different things that everyone is doing. And uh, so every single voice, I feel like, really contributes to the discussion. So, okay, this was a very long-winded question. The floor is yours. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, I believe that there really isn't that much total difference in employee engagement, whether or not you're in person or you are remote mm -hmm. or geographically dispersed. I think it starts with a sincere effort to listen to employees, to get to understand them, to communicate well with them, provide them regular constant feedback, appreciation, recognition. Mm -hmm. I think all of those things, if you do them, are not necessarily better because they're live in person versus over teams or uh, through a meeting or or where what have you. But technology is even more important, of course, in a hybrid world. So mm -hmm. it takes more of, I feel, a conscious effort to be intentional mm -hmm. about engagement when you have people who are in different states and locations and you do mm -hmm. need to meet with them via TeamFlect or via Microsoft Teams or Zoom or what have you. And mm -hmm. so that's one thing that TeamFlect has really helped us with because it not only has the ability to provide a great platform for organizing and promoting coaching, one-on-ones, reviews, feedback, but it also includes surveys, gauging interest, and recognition. So what a great way to have one platform versus three or four, which we have had, to, uh, to make sure that we're, we're giving people, and managers especially, access to something that's easy to use that promotes consistency as well as collaboration communication. There you go. And I mean, uh, I've experienced that using like multiple, like way too many tools for something. I like not even in employee engagement or not even in the workplace. I've experienced it in my life, as I'm sure has everyone, right? I am a very easy to convince customer. I am just. I get convinced by infomercials and commercials like this. If someone with a nice voice in front of cool visuals says that a product will change my life, I believe it 100%. <laughs> so uh, I do remember having like multiple different organizational apps in my phone and logging one thing in a different agenda and one, one thing else in a different agenda and like keeping a little journal on the side. And I, I and at some point someone told me, Emily, you're spending way too much time on this, like time that you could have actually rushed all the other work done. And I think one of the most clear examples of some tools not being intuitive for me, I mean, I'm, maybe it has worked with someone else, but 
Back in college, I was trying to quit smoking. And I've told this story before, I think maybe on this podcast, maybe somewhere else. I was trying to quit smoking and I saw this app and it says, okay, like an app to quit smoking. Sure, it should help. And it does this thing where it just reminds you and it says, hey, you know, your lungs have expelled this much carbon monoxide. Your blood oxygen levels are like this now. Ooh, like you've been smoked free since seven days. So that's good. But all it did was remind me that something called smoking existed. Just every once in a while, my phone would buzz, ping, and I would say, hey, do you remember how you used to smoke? Uh, it just made me want a cigarette more. So, but it it does depend from organization to organization. It does depend uh, yes. ranging from people to people. And so are you guys fully remote or hybrid? No, we are hybrid. Uh, we have locations in a number of states. Our headquarters are here in Atlanta, and our mm-hmm. second largest area is by far uh, in Gainesville, Florida. So, you know, that's like a five hour drive away. And uh-huh. uh, so we do um, have expectations for coming to the office, but it changes based on your position and you work with your manager directly. We don't have a company mandate or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We did before the pandemic. We didn't really have much, you know, usually one day a week or something, people would work from home. But obviously a couple of years through the pandemic, we mm-hmm. were very successful and we all worked from home remotely. So uh, we have returned from the pandemic with definitely a hybrid mindset. And that's something where we're all like many industries and companies going through is is focusing on engagement and making sure that our culture critical aspects are are still intact. And so we do place a lot of emphasis and opportunities uh, for our employees on engagement. Awesome. And you mentioned a five hour drive. How often do you do it? Uh, Well, managers usually go down quarterly because Uh if you have staff in in different locations and we have uh, employees from Florida come up as well for department meetings or or key events for the company, but um, it's not prescribed necessarily. Uh, Do you have any like road trip rituals that, you know, (laughs) any rituals for like a long drive? Maybe like a playlist Uh, that you keep visiting? A lot of times we'll fly. You know, because oh. we're in Atlanta and it's a hub, so uh, uh, <laughs> you know, we can take a 45-minute flight and we're there. So it is a lot faster. I have done both, but no no real rituals that I can think of. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, back uh, when I was working as a teacher, I would drive a lot and I would carpool with a lot of people. And one thing I really loved to do was like audiobooks especially uh, one of my favorite authors, H.P. Lovecraft. But incredible horror writer and lovely audiobooks and read in, read in the most creepiest of voices. And it would freak everyone in my carpool out. <laughs> that, was one of, that was one of my like uh, long drive rituals. So, uh, you guys came out of the pandemic with a more hybrid mindset and how was the transition process from after the pandemic you guys decided not to go back into the office and just well, keep it mixed we did decide to go back in and mm-hmm. opened it up slowly but we were very flexible with mm-hmm. 
understanding the world was a little bit different and that listening to employees who gave us feedback, which we solicited, uh -huh. saying that they wanted to have more flexibility and to not go into the office every day. So it was uh, quite a relatively smooth transition. I mean, the biggest change for us was obviously when it happened, but we were mm -hmm. very good at testing equipment for our call center and uh, doing some business continuity redundancy initiatives right before March of 2020. And uh, it just was coincidence that that we were making sure all employees had laptops and doing this testing uh -huh. back in the fall of 2019. So our transition to working from home was a success. It really was great timing uh, for us in terms of being able to have the capacity and ability to work from home. And so uh, we've just focused more on intentionally on ways to engage employees, communicate uh -huh. better using technology, and that's all helped us with, I feel, a, a pretty smooth transition of becoming not a work from home, but a hybrid organization. Yeah, uh, not a lot of people can they can claim that, you know, not a lot of people can claim that they uh, took the brunt of the pandemic and the whole switch like well and actually right. came out on the other side better. And that shows a lot of adaptability on your part. Yes. Yes, Gas South is very flexible, nimble, um, and more so today than ever, and working on being more agile in our approach to work. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're buzzwords, but when you get down to the brass tacks, it's really what you need in this environment. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're growing. We had an a acquisition that um, occurred during the pandemic, and we oh. changed one of our major customer information systems as well, all done remotely from home, everybody, and it was all successful, uh, transitioning well. So uh, we have a lot of success stories, but you're right. It takes a focus, determination, and agility, which our senior leadership certainly had and showed uh, throughout the whole time. So yeah, we are fortunate. It takes a lot of work and intentionality, but we are fortunate too. Um, uh, because I mean, the, the whole pandemic thing, I mean, we are kind of past it and kind of not, but these big moments of change, these massive changes, these massive global changes, I mean, from the looks of it, we're not done with them. And it, it, it also feels like they will be happening in shorter intervals now over time. I mean, everything is more, everything is faster now. The whole world is more volatile now. And it may not be a pandemic and it may not be, you know, staying at home or whatsoever, but another big event is more than likely on the horizon. And we don't know what it is, and, right. but all these major shifts, they are impending. So yeah. uh, this is kind of a weird question and I don't know what the answer to that <laughs> is, to this is, but how do you brace for that? Especially yeah. for someone in the leadership role. You can see that the world is bananas and everything is ch everything will change somehow, somewhere. But how do you brace for impact for an impact that you don't know what will, it will be? Yeah, that's a great question and one I will give my best to answer from <laughs> my perspective uh, at the company. To me, it involves two things. One, the way you treat people mm -hmm. and the other, how you work. 
So the engagement piece for how we treat people, being more intentional, focused on diversity, equity, inclusion, making sure that there are committees and surveys and feedback mechanisms for employees to get to know each other, especially in a hybrid world, right? So that they're involved with uh, having a voice, sharing that voice to leadership and uh, being more transparent in our communications mm -hmm. and opportunities for people to learn and grow. We recently just launched our professional growth form uh, process, which allows for career development in a different way. Um, actually, we've launched that through TeamFlect, by the way. Hello. And, uh, <laughs> yes. And so I think how we treat people and engagement is is critical. But then how we work, being smart, efficient, effective, really involves a lot of agility and change management mm -hmm. competencies. So from that perspective, we uh, are definitely embracing and doing a lot of training on agile methodology mm -hmm. from our IT project management operations, company-wide perspective, really. And mm -hmm. um, we're also now moving to really robust work with our strategic planning around goal setting and execution of work with uh, moving to OKRs, ob objectives mm -hmm. and key results, and making sure we have key performance indicators and metrics for all of those key uh, results that we say we want to achieve and, and involving many more people and leaders and employees in the process. So mm -hmm. I think responding to change, being flexible, nimble in a more structured, thoughtful way, along with treating people right, giving them opportunities, listening to them, mm -hmm. right, and engaging them together is a way that you can be more prepared for any future changes or unknowns that we know, like you said, inevitably will come. That's from exactly. my perspective. <laughs> I, I think I think you hit hit the nail on the head. And isn't it crazy how most of like the top employee engagement or employee satisfaction advice that we give out to people? Because I write for the Team Flex blog, and most I create lots of content on employee engagement and how to keep employees engaged. Most of it seems to be just common sense. Just, right? just most of it <laughs> is common sense. Just treat people right, hear them out. But like I said, it's easier. Most of it is also easier said than done. Yes. Well, I'm laughing a little because I agree with you. I don't think it's rocket science. It uh -huh. takes a lot of focus. And you have to have accountability measures, too, to make sure that that um, you're doing what you say you're going to do, but you're measuring results and seeing if it meets your expectations. And if not, pivot, be agile uh -huh. in, in addressing what indicators are saying you're lagging and, and improve them. So I completely agree. It, in a world where sometimes being hybrid remote People aren't mm -hmm. in your face as much. You don't see them walking down the hall or in the break room. So mm -hmm. um, I think sometimes people can unintentionally tune out at times mm -hmm. when you're watching, you know, videos or you're doing e-learnings instead of a live class uh -huh. or you're on Teams meetings or Zoom meetings. It, you know, it's a little watching TV. It, it can be easy to multitask. It can be easy to try anyway to multitask, but be distracted in ways where you don't have those distractions when you're in a room facing somebody. So it does take intentionality uh, to make sure that your outcomes are what you desire. So it, it's not rocket science, but technology like TeamFlect or 
or mm -hmm. uh, teams and in other um, learning tools like learning management systems or designing more interactive mm -hmm. training for people. All of those things help. But you're right. It goes back to, like I said at the beginning, it is very basic with treating people with respect, thinking before you speak. We do a lot of work on emotional intelligence and understanding uh, how our emotions affect our actions. We have actually self-awareness and self-management as part of our competencies we rate all employees on. Mm -hmm. So we teach that as well to leaders and throughout the company. Um, so gaining emotional maturity is, is an important part of, of realizing your role uh, as an employee and as a leader and how they, you affect people. So yeah, that's, that's ancient. That's, that's uh, from time immemorial, right? Uh, but you can but lose it, focus if you don't have the technology yep. or you are preoccupied or you have distractions. It takes more of a conscious effort, I think. And again, intentionality mm -hmm. is the word to make sure that seemingly easy things are not forgotten or frequent enough mm -hmm. and consistent enough to make it impactful to how you want the end result to be. Uh Exactly. I couldn't have said it better. And to be honest, even though the core intentions are the same, core intentions are treating people right, hearing them out, making sure they have a voice, the conditions aren't the same. So that is where that is where like the whole technology side of it comes out. And it's not just a matter of being hybrid or being remote. We aren't the same. The people aren't the same. Uh, back when back in my teachers teacher days, I did some research on attention spans, like uh, everyone's attention spans. And I think what I got was for my students who were mostly uh, middle schoolers, their average attention spans were eight minutes. And that's it, eight minutes. So I had to structure every lesson according to that. And their parents would be super shocked when I told them this. Yeah, your kid has an eight minute attention span. And they would go, really, how is that possible? And I would go like, why are you so shocked? You have a 12 minute attention span. That's just what we are now. That's just what happened to us. So, right. Yeah. So keeping everyone engaged and invested in a world where we are all stimulation junkies is, is far more difficult. I mean, even when you're working from home, even where, or in an office, there are so there are so many distractions that are objectively pretty cool. Uh, there are so many alternatives to focusing on your work, and right, you can't blame these people. So right, well, if you're working from home too, right, you have maybe barking dogs, you have children, you have spouses, you have family, you have doorbells ringing, you have different things mm -hmm. that you would not probably have in the work environment in the past. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think being patient, being lenient, understanding, but you know, at the bottom line for a company, it's what's required to get the job done. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter where you are and how you do it necessarily, as long as you're meeting your objectives and the quality is there and the success is there as it would be or was in person. You know, there's a fine line, but paying attention and regularly Watching that and monitoring that is important, right? That's where the communication, setting in expectations. Mm -hmm. Another factor, too, that we haven't talked about is the generations in the workplace. Exactly. So that is a factor. Not only do we have more distractions in the information age and technology, 
the way that different generations respond to those distractions mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they like them or don't like them, leverage them or don't use them changes. And, uh, you know, you don't want to make too many sweeping assumptions because you have to mm -hmm. look at the individual, right? At any given moment, our company is made up 40% of millennials. So Good that's luck. quite large, you know, and we don't want to lump them all together necessarily and say, well, mm -hmm. this is how they feel. They're individuals. We need to know how they exactly. personally really feel about things because they may be atypical of some kind of sweeping assumption made about millennials. But we actually have all five generations in our workforce. Mm -hmm. So talking not only about how people leverage information and technology, but all of those different age groups and experiences, pre and post information age, uh, working through those and the way we want to be treated and the way we define communication, mm -hmm. engagement, feedback, right, is different. Um, or we shouldn't assume it's the same. Uh, we have to get to know people mm -hmm. and uh, find out what they feel. Who knows? They all might be homogenous, but you don't <laughs> want to make the assumption. You've got to go out and mm -hmm. ask and find out for yourself what your employees are feeling, wanting, and needing. But uh, that's ah. something we pay attention to, too. And even if they aren't homo homogenous, just check back in in a month or two and the dynamics right. will be entirely it different. It You've will, got it, it. It'll be That's entirely right. different. And yeah. yeah, the whole generation thing. And it's so cool that you're not lumping each generation together because uh, as a part of my job, I consume so much HR content. Like you wouldn't believe it from podcasts to blog posts and whether there are competitors or not. And some of them run some tight blogs, I will say, not naming any names, but some of them have some beautiful blogs. But uh, I, there was a day, when, there was a night when I was going through from one podcast to another, just back to back to back. And my girlfriend was in the background and she said, Emma, you know, do you want to have a drinking game? And I said, OK, what kind? Every time we hear the word Gen Z, let's take a shot. And I said, no, 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 no. We wouldn't see the end of one episode of a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, these. I think the the names for generations have surely become like these buzzwords, and I can't blame them for trying to focus on them because it is a factor that has to be acknowledged, right? The generations, if multiple generations in the workforce, you can't act like they're not separate, and you can't act like there aren't some variables in that has some different effects, but. Yeah, the lumping together of these generations, it is kind of a menace. And uh, Tim, what I also want to dial back on is uh, what I loved about your approach to the discussion of employee engagement. We've been talking engagement for like 30 minutes now, other than the whole six minute history stuff in the, in the beginning. Uh, you haven't mentioned pizza parties or foosball tables or all the... All the other empty stuff, we haven't touched on them once because the truth, like, that's not re the real side of employee engagement. So uh, that that is something I'm really proud of, right? There are so many different, like, empty, like, little trends around employee engagement. Well, that's, those are fun activities. We do them all as well. Uh -huh. We have a lot of socials and, uh, you know, different events. And again, we promote uh, volunteerism and we host events so that employees mm -hmm. can go together uh, and build teamwork and have pizza and fun too. But uh -huh. um, 
you know, when you if you're really taking engagement, employee engagement seriously, you have to think about what is the intrinsic motivators mm -hmm. that each person has for being at work and exactly at your company. Most people don't work for pizza. You know, they're working <laughs> for benefits as they mm -hmm. define them because one person mm -hmm. may want salaries important to them or medical benefits or tuition reimbursement or whatever it may be. But it's also, um, do I feel respected? Do I feel I can bring my authentic self to work? Do I feel mm -hmm. I have a voice? Do I feel my work uh, makes a difference and that my manager cares for me? Those are all important things that we measure uh, with different employee engagement mechanisms from formal annual engagement surveys to pulse surveys to feedback from all of the different groups and committees and employee resource groups that we also have mm -hmm. so that we're constantly gathering the pulse of employee sentiment and it's not just the fun stuff it's the more meaningful deeper engagement uh pieces that keep people at work and hopefully motivating them to do their best exactly there's nothing wrong with foosball there's right. no, no, nothing wrong with no. pizza, yeah. No. but I mean, it becomes a problem when it starts, when people see it as alternatives to having, well, I don't know how to say it, but humane conditions at work. Yes. And we provide uh, lunch for everyone in the employee every Tuesday and Wednesday as an incentive to perhaps come in and socialize and get to see each other. Uh -huh. But, uh, you know, that's a fun thing. I don't feel probably anyone would say that's the main reason why they work at Gas South, mm -hmm. but that's a perk. That's an extra benefit yeah. to feeling respected and feeling my work is meaningful and being treated mm -hmm. well, right? So it's it's a exactly. combination of efforts. Exactly, exactly. Uh, a lot of a lot of times the discussion surrounding employee engagement uh, can turn into this uh, slightly toxic conversation of Oh, we are a family, right? This this company, we are a family. We're really, I mean, are you? Because at the end of the day, no matter how much you like your coworkers, I mean, everyone is there for a reason. And like more often than not, it is to make a decent living. And if you're happy doing that, that's even better. That's uh that's that's just the cherry on top. Uh I recently did an episode with uh, two incredible people, Tara Furiani and Justin Boggs. They have a podcast as well, a podcast much cooler than this one called Not the HR Lady. And uh, it was uh, it was them who really, they really have this pet peeve on, you know, I like pizza, but I like getting paid more. But yeah, I mean, that is the essence of the whole employee engagement Sorry to interrupt discussion. you. Um, yeah. it, cha it changes by person, right? That's where you're being yeah, authentic exactly. with people and treating them with respect and mm -hmm. asking them, not making assumptions that you know what's going to mm -hmm. motivate someone. I'm a huge believer in that companies and leadership cannot motivate anyone to do anything. What we can mm -hmm. do is create an environment to inspire people to motivate themselves. I can't make you get out of bed and go to work. Exactly. But if I create an environment where, according to you, uh -huh. What engages you gets you to get up and go to work and do your best, then that's the best I can do, right? And that could change person to person. Like uh -huh. we've said, you know, you've got to to ask, you've got to engage, you have to talk. You know, we talk about technology and all the different ways that we can 
uh, create efficiencies and more opportunities to engage in a hybrid world, that's still no substitution for a phone call or, exactly. you know, using video technology to be able to see the person, at least if you're not in the same mm -hmm. state, uh, you know, to talk to them. It's much more personal. People still want that. No one wants to be treated like a number. So mm -hmm. uh, it, it's a combination of things. And we try to promote all of those and do training on that with our leaders. Um, and so far, so good. It, but your, your point earlier, I think, was well taken, is that you can't rest on your laurels. Uh, uh -huh. It changes. What worked today, based on somebody's personal life or things happening mm -hmm. in, in the economy or in the industry or with competition or in the world, could change perceptions and needs of employees. So it's a constant effort to learn, grow, and be together. Some might define that as a family atmosphere, mm -hmm. others yep. don't, um, but that's how we approach our environment. And, and that is perfect. And I love how most of your employee engagement efforts are centered around investing back in your employees because that is the essence of the transaction between employee and employee, right? They invest their time and effort, and in return, well, I mean, the quintessential part is the money part. They, in return, you invest money in them. But investing in your employees is also about trainings and career develop development opportunities, and having those form like the core of your engagement strategies. I mean. Tim, you and I talked, and when I asked, like, how are you using Team Flex? The first thing you said was mentoring and coaching, and that kind of spoke to me very well. Yes, yeah. We, the first thing we did was launch it for uh, coaching purposes and for mm -hmm. our mid-year reviews because we launched it this year uh, in June. So mm -hmm. uh, that is huge. We we had long heard our leaders and employees wanting to have a tool that was easy, user friendly, mm -hmm. uh, something that would be similar to technology that they use on a daily basis outside of work. Mm -hmm. And the way that TeamFlect is set up, it is very similar to um, other technology out there. And having TeamFlect integrate with Teams was just huge for us because we're such a Microsoft Teams heavy environment that um, it was seamless really for leaders to be able to use it and uh, not only for their coaching but for meetings right sharing notes sharing information uh, follow-ups having notifications but done within teams that they use every single day not a whole separate repository that frankly are, uh, can be clunky and a whole different experience than what they're doing on a daily basis with employees so that was a, a huge win for us. And if you are an organization that uses Microsoft Teams on a daily basis, uh, TeamFlect is completely free for up to 10 users with full functionality. So you can try TeamFlect out with a small team and based on your feedback, then you can implement the whole thing. I'm sorry, I had to, you set me up so well. And I, <laughs> I wanted to plug that in at some point. But sure. couldn't have imagined a better transition. Couldn't have imagined it. <laughs> That's perfect. And for anyone listening, we did not plan this. So just happy it happened. That's true. And, and on that note, Tim, I could talk to you forever. But I mean, we said 40 minutes and I don't want to take up the rest of your day. And what time is it over there? Because around here, it's around like uh, 7 p.m. Oh, it's 11.45 a.m. 
Yeah, all right. You still have a bright, beautiful day ahead of I you. I the rest so. of the day. That's right. All right. So, uh, Tim, uh, thank you so very much for coming on the show. This was a blast. Always really fun to talk to you. You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. All right. And for everyone listening, if you're listening to us on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you find podcasts, make sure you leave a like and subscribe to the channel. It really helps us out. This has been the team check-in. Bye-bye.